Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, here we are. It is uh, it's Sunday. It's January fifteenth. Nicholas Allen, Bob, Bo, Robert, Rude. We got to get this in because you, both you and I are going to be road warriors. You more so than me. You are are heading out of the country for an extended period of time. We might be able to get into that at the end of the pod if you want to. I'm or going you, down under. You're going down under. You're going to New Zealand. Now your family's your your wife's family's from New Zealand, so you're she's already there. You're going to meet her there. You're going to be there for a, a handful of weeks. It would be fun if we somehow could record a pod from New Zealand. So, what's the time change? So what would that be? It's a. It's basically it's today's Sunday here. Okay. It's Monday there, but f- like if it's four forty here, it's like eleven forty there. Five okay. hours early. So basically, we could say like you could say noon here would be five okay. there on the next day. Okay. Uh, or five here and eleven right. there yeah, on yeah, the next yes. day, and we could we could sync it up. So we should we, do that. We should be it should be able to work. So we we should we should do that. I will say, you know, because I wrote this down for I don't. I think everybody should go out of the country at some point. Like I do think that's a it's good to get out there and see the world, experience another country. But like I, now that I've done it, I don't know if I have a huge desire to do it again. There's maybe a couple plate like I do want to see Italy. Um but I don't once you've done it, I did London, I did yeah. Dublin, I did Paris, like I've done that. I don't know if I have a huge desire to go see anywhere else. So we did Barcelona. We did Barcelona. So my whole thing with traveling, I've be, I I've changed the way I travel over the last handful of years where I, I'm not a hopper arounder. I don't want to see a thousand things. I hate it. I like to see the one thing a lot. So like <laughs> when we do trips, like, you know, like our honeymoon, this is where we first start doing this. You know, we went to Paris for a honeymoon and you know you could see all these different places. And right. people said, you got to go to the, to the West coast of Normandy. You got to go here. You got to do it. And I was like, okay, two days there. I was planning out. Then I went, no, I'm not doing that. I said, Nine days, Paris. Staying in here, I'm going to see this place, that's, right? That's how I would do it. And same way with here. Like, we're going to New Zealand. There's a bunch of cities to go to. We're basically, we're going to my wife's family's, like, little farm and little beach houses. And we're right. going, we're not leaving the this small town, essentially. We're, we're staying here for a couple of weeks. Like, you get to be at the place. That, I, that's I'm, what I, that's the way I like to try. That's unfortunate no big shock me and you agree on something what that's how how i like to do it too i don't want to bounce around do a bunch of different things um because i did that you know i've done i've done that maybe you need to do that because you know why do you know why traveling sucks it does being somewhere is awesome yes so some people want to bounce every day that means you gotta pack repack your bags check out of the hotel Catch your transportation. Transportation sucks. Right. Check into a hotel or find, you know, like right. catch a cab, unpack, get like that part of travel. I'm like, that's the worst part of it. So and do it gets, the least of that. And, you and, you know, you, you're at a stage in your life with your youngest daughter where like you can, you guys are still at the point where you can go do those things. Like, I feel like it also gets harder to like, you're not going to go to yeah i'm gonna go to paris just for three days like you gotta go like so it's and the older you get it the harder it gets to find like multiple weeks or a long enough stretch for it to be worth it but yeah and and the multiple kids makes it oh lord have mercy baby lord have mercy a place with family is like it's kind of a freebie for us yeah 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 hey you don't have to you, you get help you got places to stay yes you know they're letting us use their cars oh Gosh, is it? Are they opposite side of the road people? They are. Oh man, that's got to be. And the, so then the steering wheels on the other side. It is. <laughs> no, that it, is. Uh, it. The last time I was there with with my wife, this was five years ago. Um, she did all the driving because I was a little bit like I have no desire right now to like to do Why this. Why would drive. it feel? It would feel 
very weird. I mean, you'd feel like you're breaking the law. Well, and you'd feel like you're just going to get into a head-on coll- like it, it just wouldn't yeah. feel right. But why why did why why couldn't everybody get on the same page? Whether it's the metric system with you know, the, or or it's the, question, the road was like it what? Us? <laughs> was it us? Did we veer? Or I, did they veer? I, think I would say we veered. probably veer. But, but you I, know what? The left seems good. It left does. side of the road. It seems like the more natural side of the road to be on. Yeah, and we probably should have did metric, but you know what? It's 100 yards. The field's yeah, 100 yards. It does feel good. It does foot. feel good. 100 yards, a football field. That brings us to football and why we're here. I, I, want about, I have a bunch of stuff I'm going to throw at you. Just want to react to it. Some of the stuff I've given my thoughts on, like the young staff, I recorded a pod on that. I want to pick your brain on, yep. on that. But real quick, I want to start with this. Marcus Satterfield, the offensive coordinator, because I haven't talked about this. Both coordinators had a big press conference, and they talked uh, to the to the press. And Marcus Satterfield made fans. Every Husker fan was just he was he he had them drooling because Marcus Satterfield said they're going to be a pro style offense. They're going to huddle up. They're going to use the fullback, and they are going to run the football. Yeah. I guess your initial reaction to hearing that was was what? Uh, the 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 fact that he was so adamant about the huddle. I I like people that have like a a pretty strong stance. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, okay, yeah, all right. Because I was going to ask you about the huddle. He's thing. He's going to die on that on uh, on the huddle hill. On the huddle hill, and I go. I like somebody that dies on the huddle. Hill, you know? <laughs> I do like people that have like really strong opinions on things that you maybe shouldn't have that strong of an opinion. Yeah, like on it's it. small. Like, it seems like it's a huddle. Some people do. So he's like, huddling's important. I'm like, you have my vote. I, like, do, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Well, let's okay. Let's start there. And then we'll expand on it. Like I will say, I've never critically thought about the huddle and not huddling and its impact on football and all that stuff. Like, do you? Because he, he, I think the exact word he goes, I'm on a crusade with the huddle. He talked about how it's kind of the core and the essence of football. Yeah. He got into how, how it's, how, how can we ask a quarterback to be a vocal leader and you never huddle? Yeah. Do, do any of those things resonate with you? Yeah. I, I think the huddle does like, it's one of those things like it, it, it's sort of like, it's like a reset. It brings everybody together communications better those little there's little moments in those yes. huddles, like little just little little you know right things that can be exchanged little quick tidbits you might need just to get some information um i just think it it's maybe one of those things it about it brings you like a sense of balance it brings you a sense of calm and it uh it's i always think it's like it helps you make less mistakes potentially or something yeah i, I agree like Again, it's hard because I've never, I've never not huddled. So I wish I could compare it the two of. But you do think it is a team that is never huddling. I mean, think about a drive. Think about a a twelve play drive where you never huddle up. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thought because there is something to being able to. I do believe, like I always felt like, especially being a quarterback, like the, a huddle, like was my time. Yeah. For everybody, because I always felt like I had to be and mo- like I had to be the beacon of confidence. People, I-, I had to be sure of myself. I had to make sure yeah. that all sets of eyes, when they looked at me, I was in total control, and they could believe in me. And I wonder if that's kind of what Marcus Satterfield's getting at a little bit with, like, you know, how do you cultivate leadership when, in a big moment, you're not there? There isn't those moments where everybody's huddled in tight looking at each other and, and feeling each other right next yeah, to each there's other. no communication in the same way like if you're always just going to the line turn it and, and looking you're looking everybody's looking uh it's it's just a different it's a little bit different of a feel where i think there's more on-field ownership if it's like called into the quarterback yes the quarterback's delivering and everybody's sort of like all right it's like it gives you that that count to kind of like with your team right Take a second. Now we go. So it, it definitely slows the game down. You can't be right super fast like you know we've been. Well, even seeing the last few. Years. I like little things like little reminders. To, like as a quarterback, like if I called a play and it was something I wanted to remind something on. Yeah. Like you can't in a no huddle. It's harder to do that even with a receiver. 
You know, like you could maybe like yeah, like little line, little things. Linemen too. I think linemen like they get that chance when they're in the huddle to say a few things to each other, right? And when they're even that like walk back up to the like to the line. Then they're like, it's right. a different perspective. I think I like it for linemen better myself. Well, and and you know this is and here's I can't believe it because sometimes I I get tired of or when I'll listen to other podcasts and people will like, you know, like somebody that never like played is referencing like pickup basketball and somehow correlating that to like the NBA finals. And you're like, not quite the same. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm doing that with like my high school football career, like to college. But like, I felt like, and now I had, we had an offensive lineman, a few offensive linemen, one of which one of our buddies, Matt Mullen was very impressionable. Yeah. yeah. It didn't take a lot to get Mullen crunk and ready to kill somebody. But even like I liked as a quarterback third and one, yeah. We're running we're running a 42 dive or something. We're running an ISO right over Mullen. And before I call the play, I could get in Mullen's face or in the offensive line and just give him like, blow this motherfucker up. You understand me? Yeah. It's a yard. You know, something like that. Like those little moments where, and then, you know, looking him in the eye like, hey, we're coming over you, big boy. This is you. Big play. You got it. Because like, it's things like, like in that. the end football, still a game of like, it, it's about like, toughness it's a game about yeah it's a game of being physical toughness it's emotion and it's like those intangible human things still make the difference and i think you just get a little bit more away from that when it's just like we're going to the line and we're just like and the coach calls it and you're 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 just look at the card and go look at the card and go like it's a little less like of that when you do it that way, yes. a little less of that human aspect of it. Or something. Well, sometimes I think, yeah, it's like there's playing the, it, it goes back to playing the sport versus playing the game. Like a, you, you get the play, you go run the play. That's playing the sport. Like the huddle allows you to think the game more a yeah. little bit. Like, you know, just reminders. Like I know little things like, Hey, uh, Anthony Grant, it's third and one. Like just a little thing like, all right, Hey, uh, 54, 54 ISO on two. Anthony, hey, AG, we need a yard. Like little things just to remind yeah. him, like we need a just yard. Stay in the hole. We need a yard. Yeah. Don't bounce it. Just Don't bounce this yeah. shit. We need a yard. Like those are the things I always felt like as a quarterback, I could like, do, just little reminders. Yeah, like like or you know, on to do like guys. Yeah, we're gonna, going on to yeah. do not jump. Do not jump or like just talk those. I feel like for the line, that's got to be good. I mean, I've obviously never played line in my life, but I just know like those guys have a lot of different fronts they're dealing with. Yes, a lot of different potentials, and the more that those guys can be cohesive and work together better, that is the the base of it all on your offense. Right. Uh, the Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza and the cold winter months. It's officially here. And as a warm weather lover myself, the cold can kind of bum me out. But the one thing that always puts a huge smile on my face when it gets cold, temperature Tuesdays at Runza. Yes, it's that time of the year. Temperature Tuesdays are back at Runza, where every Tuesday in January and February, the 6 a.m. temperature at the coldest Runza location is the price you'll pay for an original Runza sandwich when you buy a medium fry and medium drink. Think about it. An original Runza sandwich might be 10 cents, a dime, might be a nickel, might be a quarter. Heck, might even be one penny. Just one penny. So make sure you take advantage of this incredible deal every single Tuesday at Runza where the temp at 6 a.m. in Runza land is the price you pay for an original Runza sandwich and you buy a medium fry and a medium drink. It's back, baby. Temperature Tuesdays. Runza makes it all better. Random thought here. I want to say, first of all, like before I say this, like I like it. I like what Marcus Satterfield said. I agree. You and I have been kind of – this is this was – I've always kind of felt like this was the offense that Nebraska needed to run. They need to get under center. They need to huddle up. They need to run the ball, all those things. So I'm, I'm very happy about this. But is it kind of odd for Matt Rule to hire Tony White? He runs the 3-3-5, but we're, we might not run the 3-3-5. Mm-hmm. And to hire Marcus Satterfield, where he was more of a you know shotgun, air it out, throw the ball guy but but we're not but we're not going to run that we're going to do we're going to do something else yeah. is that kind of odd like i feel like i don't want to be johnny negative here out the gates but i'm like 
Is that kind of weird to hire to hire these coordinators and then might not run what they ran? Well, I think the the, the defensive one is more. I think straightforward. Like, do yeah, they probably will run it if they have the personnel. If they don't have the personnel, they're going to fit it to the. But the offense, it almost sounds like they are trying to not do the thing that he was doing. Which you is, know, like they, I mean, but that might be a Matt Rule thing. That it's more Matt Rule. What Matt Rule wants here? Yeah, and that's right. And, and like, again, it's like what's hard is I'm. I like what Matt Rule wants. Yeah, but I think. It's just interesting to me to not go hire like I I want to run pro style. I'm going to go hire a guy that didn't run pro style. Yeah, but I guess did 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 this guy was he a part of the the teams with rule when they did run more of a pro style? I, I think he, he probably yeah, he, was. Yeah, so. he's been with him. So, so it's not it's not completely foreign yeah, to him. They've ran it together. So that that could also be like maybe Satterfield had more like. Uh, had more from his last head coach to, yeah. to say, "Hey, we we want to we want to be a." I think a it's just. Team. I just that's something that just struck me. Where it's a little different. It's isn't a little it? interesting because yeah. when you think when you hire a coordinator, you are hiring them because they have proven to be good at something that whatever system that is. Yeah. So you go. I want you to come over here and do that. And that's kind of not what this totally it's, is. Not saying it can't different. work. And I do like that that it's about like rules, vision for fitting right, it to his players, here. and you know, like I said, what we what we need to do to win games. So I think I think they're on the right track. I I feel like so far I'm going to give them the pass of like this is passing my smell test. I'm fine. No big. There's no big like. Oh, this seems like a mistake. It doesn't feel that. No, way. I don't feel that way either. And I and again, I agree with like how they're approaching it. I just I felt like that was interesting to be. Like, and he said huddle, and which he said huddle. That's all it huddle. really took in the end of the day. It's funny. It's funny <laughs> though. He did say that, and it made me kind of like I never critically thought about the huddle, but the more I thought about, it, I was like, yeah, you know, like there is there is a lot of benefits to the huddle. Well, I mean, I, I was on a crusade for almost four years where like. They get to the one inch yard line, they would take a shotgun snap. I mean, that that's the kind of thing like I go on crusades about. Like right. the little things that that you can't there's no argument you can make that makes me understand things like that. Right. Like you gotta get an inch. It's really hard to defend an inch as a defender. <laughs> the only thing you can do when you go into shotgun is give the defense an advantage. They get three seconds to get a push to get penetration. Right. And to get a chance to make a play, if you're under center, gosh, it's hard. It's hard to stop an inch, right? And we couldn't get an inch a lot. That's the part of the problem. It's like, God, what a mis- what mistake. I'm trying to think if there's anything I'm on a crusade about. I'm on a crusade. I would say I'm pretty, I'm pretty staunch in my belief of always putting someone on the ball in a length of the floor like a Leitner situation, like I'm big on put someone Guard on the ball because the, the pass has to be perfect. And if you put your biggest motherfucker it's on the ball, I, I, I never, I'm, I would say I'm big on that. That's a good point because I think unless you've been a person that has to do an inbound where you have a huge long-armed person like going crazy. It's hard to throw it anywhere, let alone like a, a long, perfect pass. The pass has to, the pass makes the shot in all of those situations. Yeah. Worry about the pass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't get too caught up in the back end, but that's also, this isn't a crusade. I'm on a, I'm, I'm on a pet peeve. If I see one more person in a basketball game, when they intentionally miss a free throw, not hit the rim, like they they missile it off the backboard and they do that like oh shit that's right I gotta hit the rim oh that's because they're bad basketball players like I I literally do you, like, do you, you know are what that is off the team do you know what that comes from that comes from people that are good athletes that play <laughs> AAU and they know how to like become a uh, a top prospect they never got good at basketball like they didn't spend like. Sixty thousand hours at the Watching rack, it having to thinking, like yeah. play games and become really good at basketball. I, I just don't. It, someone Villa, and the Villanova guy did it on Friday, and I literally wanted to take off my headset and like go on the court and be like, "Go to your room." Okay, I you got understand. Another, like, I got another crusade. Now that you're saying, okay, 
end of game plays. Okay, this is a new phenomenon over the last handful of years. Like there's there's five seconds or ten, like whatever the time is. Okay, the amount of people that will. Okay, it's five seconds and we're on their own twenty. And we just gotta. And they throw it to somebody and they like just like accept the tackle, or they like turn <laughs> yeah. and like run up field and get tackled. Like they're not playing keep away. They're right. not fumbling the ball to right. keep your life. Like they're willing to concede the game, like, um, or they over. don't really understand the situation. Like that happens so frequently now. It does. It tells me they don't understand how to play like football, or they don't understand like on the playground. If that were the situation, you're just you're lateraling it. You're or fumble like just you, you fumble. You, like, you do you never accept a tackle ever. It is weird. It is weird how guys get just like oh, I got tackled. And I'd say it's a majority of the time now. Right. Like almost every time I'm going. Why are they not? Yeah, I'm playing? At, that's, that's a good crusade. It's that might be my biggest one. That yeah. That, you, you have talked about that for a while. I, it, that is. It drives me. It does insane. Yeah, it drives me crazy. To me, it's the the free throw thing. And everybody's like, oh, my bad. Like, what do you mean, my bad? What do you mean? You know it has to hit the rim. It's got to hit the rim. Yeah. Like, I, I, it just drives me crazy. And you should practice it. Yeah. Try, I mean, yes. You shoot a thousand free throws. Right. Like, shoot 10. Like, you know who's good at it? Luka Doncic was good at it. He he missed it, was able to go to where it was supposed to go. I don't know if you saw that play. Yeah. And he, like, got it in and went over. He had, like, 60 in the game. He's good at it's like, Luka knew how to do it. Mm, interesting how yeah, he knew how to do why. it. But idiots don't know how to, how to, how to do it. Uh, real quick, I want to pick your brain. We were texting about it. I, I got a long pot about it. But I want to get your thoughts. The young staff, very, very, it's a little head-scratching. You know, you hear $7 million pool for assistant coaches. You conjure up an, uh, an, an idea of what that staff would look like. I mean, a lot of these guys that got hired, I'm not sure they would have been hired by FCS schools. To No, to... I don't think that necessarily – I think the two coordinators yes, are like – the two coordinators I'm good with. Like, they're, and they're making like a, 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 a million two each or right. something like that? Like, right. holy crap. Yeah, they're doing it. Yeah, I mean, Marcus good, Satterfield – Good for them. Right. The last staff's probably going like, yeah. Shoot, we <laughs> – we missed the the we the, missed the, the seven million dollar pool. Yeah. yeah, I know. Um, but yes, I'm with you. The coordinator. This is more of like a position coach. The position thing. coaches guy. Here's I really think they're like these are Matt Rules guys. They're young, energetic, can recruit, and Matt Rules saying I'll handle the rest. Right. And like I mean the the 23 year olds the, the one that's like whoa that's young. Twenty Garrett McGuire. He's 23 years old. He turns 24 next month. I mean, say it at 24-year-old wide receiver coach at Nebraska. And, you know, we were texting about it, and I talked, like, that's a diva position group. That is a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so, I mean, you know, you got Garrett McGuire. You got uh, Bob Wagger or Wager. I need to figure out how the, he's I – mean, he was a Texas high school coach. He's the tight ends coach. So so that this is where the two – so the the two those two people I think that are kind of the 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 newest hires which people are kind of like they're like ooh huh? so the the young kid is a is a played quarterback for him they say he's real smart so he's a yep. smart quarterback from Texas his dad I believe Joey is, McGuire the Texas Tech the head Texas coach Texas Tech head coach right yep. so that's that's one thing right this other guy is a high school football coach he was head of the Texas High School Football Association yeah. so that tells me Matt Rule. Uh, most likely is saying, I'm going to recruit the oh, crap yeah. out of Texas. And these two guys have unique connections. So the young guy may be less recruiting connections, but like he's going to know a lot about Texas high school football. Right. His dad's recruiting. He's going to be plugged in. Agree. But the other guy, my guess, if you go from high school to that job to Nebraska, he has real connections. Yes. Okay. And obviously being the and he's probably the yeah being the head of the Texas High School Football Coach Association, whatever it is. Like those are the connections. You're you're the you're the gatekeeper in some ways, you know. Yes, like, and so he I'm has Billy Bob Thornton in Friday Night Lights, or I don't even know who. Uh, John, uh, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> Angela Angelina Jolie's dad, John. Billy, oh, uh, John Lovitz. No, or John, uh, uh, John Lovitz. Um, <laughs> John. Uh, no, he's not John. Um, it is. It's John. Oh not Grisham, no. John, John Grisham, the client. Uh, oh God, what is? Oh shoot! Come on. Oh my God, this is ridiculous. Angelina 
Jolie. No, his name was Midnight. He he won an Oscar for John Voight. John Voight. There we go. John Lovitz. (laughs) John. So John Grisham. So John Starks. John Grisham. (laughs) (laughs) In Friday Night Lights, uh, or known in uh, Varsity Blues. Yeah, yeah. He was kind of the same way. He kind of ran. You know, he's ran. Yes, I see this guy being. I see. uh, Yeah. So that's exactly right. Um. You know, then they have uh, Rob Dvorak, the linebackers coach. He's only 28 years old. Um, he doesn't have any power ex- power five experience. EJ Barthel is a running backs coach. He's got zero power five experience. He's only 38. Terrence Knighton, 36 years old, zero power five experience, only one year as a position coach. Evan Cooper's under the secondary coach. He's under 40. And then we've talked about Donovan Riola. The one thing, because I'm with you, like I think he thinks like I'm going to hire these young guys. These young guys got ton of energy. They'll go do whatever they, the, you know. I can tell them like, dude, you got to go to Texas, and you're going to be there hitting a million places or whatever. But one of the things about recruiting, I always viewed recruiting a little bit like, while it is, it does take a lot of, uh, you know, it helps to be younger and energetic. I always thought recruiting was more about connections and experience too. I was felt like you know to me I was thought like the thing about like Mickey Joseph like Mickey Joseph had the like he earned his way up through all of those Louisiana Southern schools right. and then he was like oh and then I got Jamar Chase and I got like right his his selling point was look what who, who I coach right and what I did and it you took know? years of connections it took thir- years of building that it took thirty years for Mickey Joseph to get that job this guy's twenty three so that I guess that's the one thing that's like. I don't think there's any doubt that maybe uh, Garrett McGuire, whoever these guys, these young guys, when they get on the, like, in just connecting with another young person, yeah, they could probably connect better than Johnny, 62-year-old. But at the same time, or a Mickey Joseph, like, maybe just in straight up being able to connect, because, like, a lot of it is just kind of texting with them and talking yeah, to I mean, them. And, and, but there is that point where, like, your your connections, your track record, all those things take over, and I feel like supersede the ability to like just connect with someone. I don't know. I'm just, yeah. I, I think there's some of that. I mean, I guess those guys they have the, um, they got the Baylor, they got the Baylor Temple slash Carolina Panthers. You know, I still think that the NFL thing's got some cachet. Like, For hey, sure. we just came from the pros. This is what you got to do. Uh, I think that that will they'll have a couple of years where they got some cachet for yes. that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're just looking at resumes, like these are very inexperienced resumes. Yeah. For the non-coordinator, which which I mean, I'm not gonna. Here's the thing that you say this all the time. We're like, if we like the coach, we we don't get upset about certain things. When we when the coach starts losing, then other things become a problem. Yeah. Like, what, what's hard is. Everybody criticized uh, Bo Pelini for hiring his boys and maybe some inexperienced guys. Same thing with Frost. Like, yeah. oh, he, his staff was too. I don't like that he brought his guys with him and that it was they were inexperienced. Like, well, if it was a problem for them and it's not a problem for Rule, like yeah. we're just admitting our biases of like yeah. it's it's who's in charge right now. Like, I mean, I'm concerned. Like, I don't. I would say the position coaches. Like, I, I'm not. It might work. It might be fine. I would just I, I'm I'm scratching my head a little bit at it. it it's weird because they're, they're like I'm not saying that these guys aren't good coaches, no, and I'm I, not saying that these guys uh, can't get the job done. Um, but it's also like it's a it's it's almost clear like this is a Matt Rule uh, philosophy almost like. Yeah, his guys, young guys, versus like guys that might not be quote unquote his guys that have a lot more experience. Like he's clearly saying that's what he wants, right? And uh, it's yeah. putting a lot on him. And so I don't think that there's any like ah, uh, you know, two years. Uh, he just needs to now hire. We weren't good, but now he just needs to hire like you know some better coaches. He he didn't he didn't realize that those guys weren't up to snuff or something like. There should be no that should there should be none of that. Like Matt Rule's been the pro like he's been around the block. He enough should know now. a good coach. He was, should know right. what he needs to do. Like we didn't just pay this guy eight million dollars right. or whatever, uh, for him to not know what he needs in a coach, right? right? I think that's where 
a younger Scott Frost, I feel like a less experienced Scott Frost, I give him a little bit. Of, he didn't, he didn't really couldn't see it or didn't know what he needed, and he kind of had to be told like after four years, like you, you need these this, guys, this, and this. Yeah, these guys are not good enough. We need somebody else, right. right? Like I don't know that that's the case with Matt Rule. It's almost like Matt Rule is acknowledging that. These are young and experienced, but they're my guys. This is what I want, and this will be good. Right. So it's a little different that I feel like, I feel like Matt Rule knowingly is doing it, where Scott Frost maybe wasn't knowingly doing it. Yeah, it's an interesting point, and I I don't know. You try to kind of crawl into the mind of Rule with some of this stuff of like, you wonder if he's sitting there going like, I. he, he doesn't seem with any of these hires – to be outsourcing anything like turning like you you handle this the dick bob podcast is brought to you by pella windows and doors and i want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency and if you go onto pella's website right now you look at it and how about this one two three four five different types of windows or doors by pella won the energy star 2020 most energy efficient award that's big time stuff right there and they achieved that in a couple of waves they got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that bottom line energy efficiency matters and making your home more comfortable and Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency check them out online PellaOmaha.com that's PellaOmaha.com you handle that yeah it's kind of like he's I feel like he it almost strikes me as a staff he's gonna and you're the head coach you should probably micromanage all of it but it strikes me as a staff he's gonna have to microman he I think he wants to basically control and again you're the head coach you should but at the same time like a part of being when you get to a certain level is like you can just kind of say here coach x like you yeah. handle this yep does that make sense like i don't and so, i don't know if that's good or bad sometimes it's I, like this i'm the head coach i'm an offensive guru right. i'm gonna hire the defensive guru and i really don't want to know anything about it just go do it. you i'm gonna trust you to right? go do that and i think matt rules saying look I believe that I'm good at coaching all coaches. Yes. Across the board. So I want my guys. And he, it puts more on him. Yes. But he, that means he believes he's good enough at like coaching the coaches, right? Right. Which is another skill I would say that, uh, that, that Scott Frost had l- less interest in. Right. Than I think Matt Rule's initially showing that he does i think he has a lot of interest in coaching coaches i think he may be good at it and i think uh his hires tell me that's his what he's doing. i couldn't agree more like th- this staff tells me that matt rule is going to be there's gonna be very little like okay uh dvorak's got that that the linebacker you know garrett mcguire's got the wide receiver thing we don't got to worry about that we don't like no like he's gonna have to have his hands in all of that and i just mm-hmm. kind of feel like maybe that's how he wants it it just seems like he's making it harder than it maybe needed to be i don't I, that's why i'm like i don't know but, if, if it's hard for him it might not be harder for him it might be like this is how i like to do it i want moldable coaches i want young guys that i'm like this is how you coach right I know you. You played for me. You know what I expect. Like I think that's a part of it. Um, you know where like you know sometimes you you get budding heads. I mean even oh yeah, oh let it whip let it yes, whip yeah like you know he was on the same page always with the head coach and that's part of a uh, you know when you when you outsource when you outsource and you turn it over to a degree it's like when you outsource you better be willing to let go. And, you, and maybe yeah, yeah. and maybe rule realizes he knows himself well enough to be like I can't I I need to have my hands in all of this, and that's that's fine. Or if you, you know? outsource, you better have a lot of faith that they're an expert, and you got because that because right. you do have to trust and let go then because if you don't know how to coach it better, it's hard to agree micromanage agree. Where I think rule it's showing me rules more of a he's more of a like. He he thinks he, he he's got experience in most things, and I think he's going to have his hands in a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, next thing, there was news that that surfaced 
I think it was last week, that Xavier Betts may be returning to Nebraska. Now, again, we're taping this. It's it's January 15th. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if anything official has been announced. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Because, like, I... Him leaving, I always I viewed it as like Xavier Betts didn't really love football. He kind of just wanted to be done with football. So it's interesting. I never thought it was anything to do with like the staff or anything like that. No. Uh, so it's interesting for him to now want to come back. Maybe a year away from football is has re- it's made him realize like how much he he missed it or something. What do you, I guess? Well, I'd say it's more than just. Like, I don't think he loves football. I think he's a guy that, like, is very talented. Right. Uh, is he a guy that's bad to have in the team with his talent? No. No. I mean, sure. Like, maybe he, he'd give him another shot. The problem is, is, like, I, I think you step away from football and you realize, like, okay, I had a scholarship to go to Nebraska. They feed me. They house me. Um, right. I'm, I'm, they help me with my class schedule. They, they help, help me with, with setting my class schedule with where if I'm on track academically, like all that stuff. Yeah. Like, and so they it's help like, you with everything. And so you go, man, I don't really love the game. So I, I'm just I'm burnt out on it. And then you go, all right, well, where do you want to work if you want to get an education or do you just want to go to work? And then you go, oh, they don't hire people without degrees. And then right. you go and then you can't get a job or you're working a job and you realize like, oh, I was playing football, and right. going to school and having fun and. Now I can make money doing all those things. It, it's like I think the stepping away can maybe be healthy for a guy like that because you go work you appreciate and appreciate like, it. Yeah, I, I don't, maybe he's like he got a job at I don't you know whatever you yeah. name the place he's working at an insurance firm and he's like, gosh, this is not as fun as football. Right. Well, and you also maybe realize the 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 one thing that is true is like. You know, there's that whole cliche about it's not always it's not always just a four year decision on where you go to college and play football or basketball, but it's really a forty year decision. Especially places like Nebraska, you you graduate and you're a former football player. Yeah. The states the state wants to help you. It wants to hire you. Yes. It wants to see you be successful even after life. And there could be I'm just spitballing here. Maybe like maybe there could have been an element of like. Man, okay, if I'm going to live in Nebraska, do I want to be the guy that quit the Nebraska football team? That's probably not like also in my best interest for you know my future moving forward and all those sorts of things. It, but it, it is like the, the we like one of the big selling points I would tell recruits that come here is like, look, you come here and you play like you always got a home here. Yes, like, people in Nebraska love their Huskers. They love them. They do. Like right. we all do. Like. Like if me and you were hiring and these two people are equal and that guy used to play for Nebraska, I'm probably hiring that guy. Right. I am. And I, and it's, and that might not sound fair, but like, but that's how the that's world reality. works because that's- we experienced that thing together. I mean, we've gone through that. You know, we all shared in that, that that's the big part of life in Nebraska. I mean, I go to work and you know what we talk about at work a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, you talk about Husker football. That's what that's that's like the lifeblood of our community. Right. Yeah. So like I, you'll always have a place if if you if you if you go through the university and you and I, you play your butt off, people will welcome you all over the state. I think uh I do think if I'm if I'm Matt Rule, I do a lot of research on this though. Like I I I I really try to figure out, you know, sit Xavier Betts down like, "Okay, hey, what like all the stuff we're kind of talking about." Tell me, I, I want to, you know, what was it that made you want to walk away from from things last year? I just, I, yeah. I'm just curious. What what have you been doing for the last handful of months? What did you learn over the last handful of months? Like, I'd even maybe ask the guys. Now it's a lot of newcomers, but I'd even maybe ask some of the guys that were his teammates how they feel about it. Yeah, because I will say, like, I don't know. Like once you, like we can we can paint this however we want. Like he quit on the team. Mm-hmm. And once you quit, like there's a weird thing, like in sports, team sports, like you, you, you quit on us. Yeah, you got to earn it back. If you yeah, want to like, get there, there's a there. It can be earned back. Oh, for sure. But man, I'll tell you what, I'm with you. Like if you're a quitter, I kind of expect you to quit again. Right. That, that's what I wrote down. You quit once, it's way easier to quit again. When this shit gets tough, are you going to yeah. quit again? When it's when when we're waking up at six. And work in, in winter, you know, and it's it's conditioning yeah. all stuff. Are you going to quit again? Yeah, or I mean, cause, what? Because like I think there's like there's reasons why people quit that are 
you know, I think more understandable. And I don't know. And that's right. I don't know no, this kid. I, know. I, I don't know this kid. But it seemed like the message was, I just don't really like it. Yeah. And, and like, I don't like the game. Right. Like, that so, was always what my, he's like, oh, he's just, he's not really a football guy. He doesn't love it. And me and you have played enough in both football and basketball. Yeah. We're like, we know, like, there were a lot of guys that like, they didn't really love basketball. It's like, they just were born seven feet. Yes. And like, it's such, it's like pulling teeth to get them to do the team thing sometimes. Yes. And being on a team is a special thing. Sacrificing is hard. And when a lot of people do it and one person doesn't, it's almost not, you got to be so freaking unbelievably talented right. to be worth dealing with the, the guy yes. not do. So he is very talented. Uh, if he's a good kid, which I think he, I think he, I don't think I he's think a bad he, kid. I think, I think he's he a just, good kid. Yeah. Um, if he's reinvigorated and he's ready to earn it back, I think they'll welcome him back. I do too. And and he's and here's the thing: is the reality of life is the more talented you are, the more second chances you get. And Xavier yes. Betts is really, really, really talented. I wonder though, the teams that recruited him hard out of college, though, the big time schools. He goes in the portal. I think he's. I wouldn't doubt these surprise on how many of them are like, no thanks, no thanks now because he did good but not great, and he quit and he got in trouble. Yeah. So those two things, he becomes a big liability for a scholarship guy when they got other transfers right. and they got other recruits. So if I don't know Michigan offered him or whatever, you know the, these big time schools. I know he had a bunch of offers. Right. Um, I bet he he's shocked at the lack of the lack of easy access back to those schools for sure yeah so i don't know it'd be interesting to see um it, my, it's not a bad thing with that kid's no. talent to, to 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 look at taking him in and i think what you said was really smart is talk to the team i talk would to, definitely talk to the talk team. to his teammates like is this guy somebody we want back right do you want this guy or not that's the question because and and the teammates i mean you never want to be the guy. I mean, I, I've told this to before. We all, and this wasn't totally the same, but like we had a guy, uh, I, don't, I won't say his name. Yeah, we had a guy at Kansas uh, that was was messing up a lot, and he and you know he wasn't doing the right thing, and he was always kind of he, he was missing practice or missing. He was late for this, late for that, always doing stuff. And like Coach Self came in and said to us, was like, "You guys put it to. A, I'll let you guys decide. You, I'm going to leave. Yeah. You guys talk about it." if you want to keep him on the team or not. And the hard part is when you realize in that moment, do you really want to be the guy that that kicks a guy out? Yeah. That's a big that's a big move to make, you know. But it was he, you know, like those all of a sudden you you get in those conversations like can we count on this guy? Like I, I remember you telling me about this because there was times where the whole team had to run while he stood there and yes. watched because he was late so the coach would say, "All right, you're not you keep not getting this, so right. you don't have to run. The whole team's running." So you guys would be running We'd gas. We'd be punished or, for him. Yeah, like so that's what Nick, you know what? It gets a little bit easier yes. to be like right, go f- Get, get, get no, out of here! Get out of here! But so now we ultimately kept him. But I guess I'm I'm saying I've been in that spot where you like it is hard. It's easy to sit here hypothetically and be like, man, I'd tell that guy if you're not all in, get out. It's like when you know that person, you don't even necessarily have to like that person. Now it, yeah. it all depends on. Here's the thing: it all depends if like this guy we're talking about, he he had a good heart. Like, that's the biggest thing. Like, there's some guys that do, just are bad dudes. Those guys are easier to be like, get him out of here. Yeah, yeah. And and I get the sense that Xavier Betts doesn't, like, I think he's a good guy. So yeah. I think, I, my guess is he's going to be on the team. But we'll, yeah, we'll I see. I think so. I think so. But I think you got to vet it a little bit. And, yeah, it's 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 interesting. There's there actually a time where I had to, uh, like, I had to punish. So, not Bill Callahan called in the captains, like me and Zach Bowman was a captain. Yeah. And he basically said, like, we got a couple situations. There's like a couple situations that happened like during one week. And he's basically like, I'm gonna leave it up to you guys to decide what to do in these things. Oh boy. Whatever punishment it is, whatever is gonna happen this weekend, because we had a game, and he's like, You guys are deciding. And it was like he put it on us, which was wow. kind of weird. But there there were very different situations. We had to like, we talked it out and like, and they kind of like uh, and we were just like, all right. And we, we kind of came to consensus. Like, one guy had to 
had to miss miss the game, and the other guy didn't have to miss any. Uh, and they were, but they were different situations. Yes. But like, Interesting. we had to talk out and like, and like you were saying though, you didn't want to be the guy. Like, it's hard to be like, sorry, we're making the decision that you don't get to play. You're not, you're not playing in this game, or you're. We don't want you on the team. Yeah, or something like that. That's a. It's big, hard. It's really hard. It's a big, big decision to make, and so. But yeah, you just gotta you gotta sit down, be rational. Um, and you just hope that it's clear. And you got to trust them. If it's them, not clear, yes. then you probably lean towards like, don't do anything drastic. Do, do, does this person have a good heart? And do you trust them that they are actually going to be all in on this? Yeah. And the other thing is, I remember at some point, like, I think it was Aaron Miles, like basically said, like, about this. He's like, man, who are we fucking kidding? We need this guy. Yeah. You know, like we needed him. If you're good enough, Nick, if you're getting up, the, the yeah. better you are, the like, more chances you so get. So that's, that's the other thing. Is that's it's, the rule of life, and it's not fair. Is very not fair, but that is how do, the world yeah, works. It's it's 100 percent how the how the world works. Uh, I, okay, a couple couple. We'll bounce through a couple things. We're about 40 45 minutes into this thing, and we'll get out of here. I got I, I got an email from Ryan. I wanted to kind of pick your brain on this. He said uh, he said Nick, do you think the Nebraska fan base is able to handle a long term rebuild with the football program? Rule is a long term contract, and several of the recruits seem to be more developmental projects. But I just have this fear that if we'd happen to start the year two and two or something, that this fan base will just turn completely inside out. It's a good question, and I'll kind of expand on it to you. How do you kind of size up the with the fans, their patience, their excitement, and their expectations? Because you have to weigh all of those things. Yeah. Because like, I actually don't think the fans are going to be overly patient with Matt Rule. The like, I just worry that if if Rule doesn't win fairly quickly, now I don't know what that means. If you ask me, to what does fairly quickly mean? I just fear that the apathy will set in sooner than you think. I think that's right. I think the, our fans, uh, our fans' patience was given to Scott Frost. All of it, literally, and all we of all it. said so. We gave the gift to Scott Frost. Right. We said, "You're the native son. You've earned the right that if you come here, we're going to give you as much time as that you need." Right. What that meant was four years and three games. Yes, <laughs> and that's and you know what. It was absolutely enough time. Yes. That was enough time. The, the program was not getting better. Um, that was generous. I, For me, Matt Rule's got a, a, a first year bye. Do whatever you can, Matt. Do your best. This is a changing a program, changing a culture. We got to give you that, uh, that grace. Right. Year two, I'm probably going to be patient. <laughs> I'm going to dig into my patience. If it's not good at year three, my patience will probably not be there. I mean, right. I will always watch and I'm always going to be a fan. I'm saying my patience with the Matt Rule program. Right. Uh, no, no, you're being honest. Like, I, I want everybody listening right now really critically think about that question. Like, really think about it. I'm with you. I, I tend to want to say year one, like, come on, guys. Like, we can't. W- w- you're going to want to call for his head after the first year. That's stupid. That's stupid. But I'm just, I, cause I, I will say like, I would, the, you made the, the first point that I was thinking about. I do think every last ounce of patience that this fan base had to invest was invested in Scott Frost. And when you couple that with the, the, basically the, the decade plus long part of this too, of, of, of not having a ton of championships and all that stuff. So it, so it's compounded by that. But I really think whatever patience Husker fans had in them was exhausted on Scott Frost. I'll put it to you this way. If, if he has the exact same first three years as Scott Frost, mm, I don't know. I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. I don't, I, I don't think he's going to – he won't get a year four. He's not a Nebraska guy, though. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's like, where that will hurt him later on if he doesn't do well. It won't matter if he does well. I mean, if, if he yes. does well, you become a Nebraska guy. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, you do well, we we do the ceremony. Yeah, and we welcome you into we the We wave the wand. Yes, right. And we smack an in on your head. Right. Branded we in. We brand you. you. Are, yes. You are a, a Husker. So, but but here's, I mean, look at this. Temple, 2-10. and ten, Yes, I was going to talk about that. 6-6. 
10 and 4, 10 and 3. Baylor, 1 and 11, 7 and 6, 11 and 3, right? I think you, I mean, I'm looking at like it, it, he built it, took three years. If we're seeing progress close to that, we'll be happy, Nick. We haven't won over five games yeah, in a long know. time. So if he goes two and 10, six and six, seven and six, eight and six, we'll be fine. That's fine. The job he's got is to get us back to respectability, show progress in, in all these areas uh, that we've been lacking, win games, get us to bowl games. Make us competitive in the Big Ten. Yeah, that that's respectability is where we're we're starting at. That's the starting place. Then it's championships and and next the, level the things. The biggest thing you said, I've I've always I my analogy always with Frost was the whole track your package thing. On like it's nice when you order something and you can track it. And be like okay, it's in it's Ooh, in it's South in. Carolina. All right, now it's in Kansas City, Missouri. It's not here yet, but you can see it getting closer. It's out for delivery. It's, it's out for it's delivery. Out for delivery today. This is great. Like as long as that's happening, I think people's patience will remain sufficient. But the what what to me other than if we're being honest, other than the end of year one for Frost and. To me, as crazy as all of year four, I don't know if you saw progress. Like, I did see progress in year four with the defense. So two years ago, and then the, the last six games. So what he didn't, we didn't get to see, we weren't seeing it like it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's not. So he needs to have that. Like, you got to have some, you know, incremental, tangible improvement throughout this whole ordeal. I don't know what to. I mean, we're so far away from putting a number on what it would be, but I don't know. I just, I, I guess, I worry about. It's it's hard to get a sense of how excited people are about rule. I don't have a great feel for that yet. I think how poorly things went with Frost has everybody a little guarded. I do think the patience aspect of it, like we were talking about, everybody exhausted all their patience with Frost, so it's hard to sense where that's at. And then because of those things, it's hard to size up what expectations are. So I just thought Ryan's question, I wanted to ask you what you yeah. thought of that. It's just kind of interesting. A uh, couple more and we'll get out of here. Uh, kind of ran, popping through these. I went to, there was a handful of Fox, uh, I was in Indianapolis on on uh, Thursday and Friday, and I went to dinner with a handful of these big Fox producers in Indianapolis. And we're talking at dinner, and they know I'm a Nebraska guy and all that stuff. And they ask me, they go, hey, man, what, what happened with Frost? Why didn't it work? And in a dinner setting where I can't go, well, oh, hold on. You guys got 15 minutes for yeah. me to explain everything? <laughs> How If you'd have to, like, bullet point, like, give a digestible dinner party, bunch of people that you, you got to answer that question how would you answer that question? I got asked that this week at, at this uh, okay, meeting. Okay, yeah, yeah. And it's hard. It's hard because it's we go so deep, right? So many levels that it, it feels like it's broad and not. It's probably not fair to Scott, right? So right. I, I, I'd say it's. But I, I said something along the lines of like, you know, Scott's a really good coach. That there were some things about being a head coach that I don't think he was totally prepared for. And didn't okay. really want to do all the time, right? Like right. Some of the things Matt Rule actually does really well, I think Scott... Scott lacked a little bit. Or? Well, I don't know if he... I just don't know that that was where his mind was. Like, his right. energy and mind, I don't think, always went to the, like, the details of being a head coach and organizing and coaching your... Co like, those are the things that I think Matt Rule has so far shown really, like... Agree. Good, like Scott Frost is a really good play call. He's a really good mind. Yes, I think he did a good job in a lot of areas. Uh, it's just like there's a lot to be there's a lot put on you as the head coach in Nebraska in the Big Ten to be at the top. You've got to be so dialed in in every phase of the game, and the head coach has to like he's got to live it all the time. Right. And I think Scott was like sometimes right. it just seemed like. Especially post, uh, you know, since he's been fired, like more people are like talking about how he just seemed a little bit like wasn't as interested in some of those details. Uh, yeah, you know, like and that's that's fair. Like some people are just like that's not that's not what gets them excited. Scott Frost loved calling plays and brainstorming and 
loved that sheet in his hand. In yeah, the, I think I think it, you found out he's probably more of just like he wants. He's just an offensive coordinator, and he's a gamer. I think he's a. I think he'll go to like Alabama or one. Like, right. I think he's gonna get scooped up because he's such a good play caller and such a good gamer. I mean, he really is a creative mind. Uh, I just think it's like there's so much that goes into being a head coach. Yes. So I think, you know, that's not totally fair because we don't see all the things Scott no, but did, I mean, which was a lot. But like, it's just there's so much that you have to do right. So much. So that's it, it's a tough it's a tough one to answer. But I'd say it's somewhere along that. I so when when my answer at at this dinner, I hit on what you said. I said I think kind of lack some of the details that are needed to be a good head coach. Um, but then I, I said three other things. I said he, I said it, a part of it was he was historically bad in close games. Yeah. Like terrible in close games. Whatever you want to chalk that up to, it was unbelievable yeah. how bad they were in close games. I said that he also could never get, he, could, he couldn't get the offensive skill guys for his offense to really... Yeah. Do what it needed to do, uh, and and then that he I I said he didn't he didn't capitalize and hit when he was his hottest, like there was a window that basically until that Ohio State game in 2019 I think yeah. like yep. there was like that that year and a half window when he was still the hottest one of the hottest coaches and like it didn't go well during that time and so then and and. Then everything got. Then all of a sudden, you're fighting. You're you're like you're fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, but, I think recruiting like he could never recruit the way he probably wanted to after that. I mean, I would say he got like he got Wandale. Yeah, going into nineteen, he he got those guys. He, he got Wandale. Like, if you really if you really have to be real, the skill guys that he got that were difference making good enough players were Adrian Martinez and Wandale Robinson and probably Samari Ture. Yeah. Turi's from Montana in the portal. And like, that's, that's what's hard. Like, so it's it's hard to... You could say Trey Palmer, but like, I don't know. Like Mickey. I, Mickey, Mickey. That's Mickey. I, I'm going like give, I guess you got to give him credit. He but for Mickey me, it's there. like, that's not... He whiffed on every running back. And we've been over this. A lot of people are like, geez, you guys have talked about this. But I just want... It was yeah, interesting. Yeah, but I think it's fair that, to say, like, they, like, recruiting, like, they just... Did, I don't know that always, like, the guys that they that they got were the kind of guys you can win with always. You know, like, the, the kind of... Like they, their scouting was not always the greatest. Um, yes, and then close games. When we're talking about details, I think close games are details. I, I, I think, I think those go hand in that's hand. It's most prepared in those moments with all the details of like, well, what do we do in third and six with this much time? Like, right. We found ways to mess those up, and right. I think there was like, oh, we work on that, but do they know it? Right. You know, that's the difference. Like, you know, like I think one of our friends said something like, like his press conference was like, well, we drilled it. Right. It's like, well, no, did you make them understand it? Yes. Like, you need to know they understand versus like, hey, we, we ran we a two-minute yeah. drill. Right. Like, that's the stuff that is next level, I think, that you learn as time goes by as a coach and you get better at it. And I think, like I said, this is this was a learning, this is a learning time for him. He was a young head coach, right. tons of success early, which was maybe wasn't good for him that he wasn't ready for this job as much as he maybe thought he was i think he never learned the hard lessons yet that he needed to learn yes get you out on this one because i got another email on it i don't have it in front of me but basically this email asked me what are you what are you most interested in seeing from nebraska in year one under rule and i took it to the close games thing i want to see if there is a discernible difference in close games with a different head coach and how it all looks. Yeah. So I that I wrote how they do in close games because e- for even if they struggle next year and they're not great, they're gonna be in some close games. I would say that like I'm really curious how does Matt Rule manage close games? I think that's fair. Close games and the line of scrimmage on offense. I think those two things. If there's a noticeable difference there, that'd be the best indicator for things are yes. going in the right direction. Yes. Um. I had some other stuff, but we're an hour in, and we should probably get get moving and shaking. Uh, Randomly, we uh, did you see that that tackle flipped? Yeah, that's too bad. That was like a, that was big, be win. a big one. I know that was a big potential. He win got flipped for to Nebraska. Oklahoma, I believe. He committed to us, then flipped like a day or two later. Like, 
That sucks. That was one that we like. That's a ready-made like you know like three-year starter that you can plug in. It's like yeah, that's the stuff where the portal is so exciting though for like a for us. That's like, the other thing about the patience thing of like the portal changes the the you can math on yeah. You, it's it's not. That's why I said three years. First year, first year, second year. Second okay. year, there better be but like third year. It's do or die because you know what the portal. You can speed. It's like if you're an NFL head coach. Like it's more like NFL now, where like if you have the resources and we're giving him resources, right? Million two per coach, nil money, right? Like by year three, we should see like the glimmer of like, well, we know this is worth staying with because you've got the resources, you got the portal. By year three, it should probably be. That yeah. doesn't mean like your first two games year three. I'm done. Like we're gonna give you year three. Right. And by the end it of the year three. Be, it better be like, like popping. Iowa's walking off the field looking like, what has happened in Nebraska? Yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the reality is for most people, most coaches that get it going, it, it happens pretty quick. It really does, if we're being honest. A year can be a challenge, but by year two, by, by year two they look you, different. Yes, That's and by year the three, they're usually like, holy moly. Yeah. So I think that's totally fair. Um, okay, we'll get out of here. Uh, travel safe. Enjoy your time. We'll see if we can coordinate a... I mean, it'd be hilarious if we could do it. I don't know why it'd be funny, but it'd be funny to do it. We'll just say a lot of like, Crikey! Crikey! Different things like that. We, we need to find a way to do it. Because, I mean, there's probably going to be some Nebraska football news over the last over yeah. the next couple of weeks that we're going to have to talk about. Okay? No, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to uh, call man. from down under. and. Okay. I love it. Okay, well, there you go. That's all I got. You get out of here, okay? Go, 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 just get out of here. I'm going to go see John Starks. John Starks! A Heard at Sports Network production.